0: to say you have to hit a home run every time. I said, well, it's not always possible to hit a home run every time, but you try. You yeah, swing for the yeah. fences and, and do your best. So were you a typical, I mean, it was a great time to grow up in the music business because everything was so exciting. Were you a typical kid with stars in your eyes and wanting to start a band or, or play um, live? You know, was
1: I that- never started, I, I was, maybe because I had, you know, um, you know, being a woman is very different because you have, at those days, you had very few examples, very mm-hmm. few mentors. Maybe, you know, we had, you um, Joni Mitchell and people like that, and Joan Baez And so we saw these solo singers. I never thought of being, I never was, I always wanted to do my own music. I think that was it. I was always making up songs. And I had that, my brother had a Brother's Four record, and he played folk music. So I think that folk scene created the idea that I could be a solo singer songwriter. And it allowed me. To get out and do my own thing and survive in the early years, because it was just me. I had to pay for Just me. I had to get there. And yeah. I started. I started working with a band later in my later in my career, and that that was really important too, because it taught me how to work with other musicians. When I first recorded, I don't think I'd ever played with other people, and I'm all of a sudden having drum tracks, and you know, interesting. The yeah. woman time forgot, because you know, I just would stop and talk and do things, and you know, that was the way I'd learned how to entertain. Just on the fly. So
0: what did you do? Were you playing coffee houses and, and
1: just Yeah, and, and concert series. I play everything, you know. I'd have played a bingo if they'd asked me. You know, yeah. I just made it just made a rule. I will you know, I'll open for anybody. I will never turn down a gig, no matter how inappropriate I think it is for me. Yeah. I was a solo singer, songwriter, and I opened for down child blues band with like bikers in the oh. front row. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But you know, that's that's what you know, if you if you can't get out there and somehow make that work for you, then. Then you got oh. to get better, into to the point where you do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. If this is what you want to do, then get up there and do it.
1: Yeah, that's, and I, you know, I think I that's. Um, and and I was very aware that there were so few of us out there. That's something, you know, as a woman out there, there was so f- there were so few women doing it. And as a, re- I mean, literally, I would get, oh, we've got our one woman's act at this festival. That, not, no, no mm. lie, but, and I'm not oh. the only one either. We all there was a feeling that you were really breaking down the doors to what you had to sing. But the other. Wonderful part of that was, is that as a songwriter, I was writing songs that nobody had written before. I was writing songs with a perspective that nobody knew. It's like you've got the element of surprise. And the women in the audience heard stuff they hadn't heard before that rang true for them. So that was the fabulous part, is that all of a sudden they're going, oh, my God, that's exactly how I feel. Oh, my God, I'm laughing at that. Oh, jerks. Oh, my God, I felt that so many times. And as a result, there was a, a well of support for me because I was doing something nice. someone else wasn't doing, and I think that's always important for if you have career advice. You should be doing something that someone else isn't doing. It's why that yeah. First Nations, uh, you know, music that's coming out now is so exciting, because they're yeah. singing songs that we haven't heard before, with a perspective that we haven't heard before, and and it just is so. You know, I just think it's fabulous what they're doing right now. Yes. That's the most exciting yep. music I see coming up coming up through Canada today.
0: Well, and it's empowering too, and, exactly. and it's we both know that empowerment is is the way forward for all of us. What's best for each of us is best for all of us. Exactly,
1: we had that as women too. Like we had that, yeah. we felt like we were we were doing important stuff, and bre- you yeah. know, breaking down barriers. And some way, now at my age, I feel the same thing. And now I'm still saying, mm-hmm. no, wait a minute, I deserve to be up here too. Hey, you know, I'm I'm older, but yeah, maybe I have something to say. And Absolutely. you know, sometimes you feel like you just like to coast, but it doesn't seem to be the yeah. Doesn't seem to be the gig.
0: <laughs> well, I'm always curious about the steps that artists take, and it's always different for for various artists for various reasons. And you know, I always wonder if there's a break or a defining moment, or if, if your career was planned, or if it was happenstance, or if things happened by accident. And and then, I guess the ultimate question is, you know, when you started out, what was your goal? If I had talked to you. 40 years ago 50 years ago and said what is it that you want to do
1: I wanted to be an artist all my life I wanted to be a musician and just that Hmm. dream alone was pretty big at the time I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do I wanted to be able to do my own stuff I wanted to be proud of what I did and Hmm. I wanted to be able to tour and tour big festivals and perform for people and you know be able to have a career in a Country that's you know huge. You had to be able to get a number of people. I wanted to be able to play good shows. That was it. That was kind of. I, and you I have done have, all that. Yeah, I don't. Well, you know, yeah, I have actually. And <laughs> amazingly enough, because I wasn't, you know, I look at my my sons and they have so much. They're planning it out. They're doing social media strategy, and they're so much smarter. We were just kind of trucking along and thinking, oh, geez, I better get. In, I want to get in this big festival, and I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I'd like to do an album, and how can I do that, and how can I get money to yeah. you know? And when I didn't fit the mold very easily and i liked that as a person like as an artist i like well i'm different than everybody else that's good but sometimes you kind of wish that you would you know everything would be easier but as a result uh you know i'm still doing it and i still own all my publishing and own all that stuff too so even though the road is a little more circuitous and a little more difficult perhaps um i think in the end it worked for me as a as a person and as a writer
0: well, I suppose if you're an artist, you have something to say and you're getting on your own sort of soapbox and you're saying it. But for yeah. you, you seem very self-directed, like you started your own record label. That's pretty cheeky for yeah. someone who's, you know, you've got uh, all the major labels out there. And that was the big goal back then, as you well know, is to get a deal with the major yeah, label. Yeah.
1: I was from the prairies. It wasn't in Toronto, and maybe it's because I come up through independent theater. Like I was started out in theater, and theater yeah. companies, and oh well, just make your own show and we'll put it together. Like that was kind of the, the attitude that was going through the Canadian theater scene in Theatre mm-hmm. Press Mariah that I worked for, and there was a there was a bit of a movement happening, certainly in the folk scene, of because I wasn't uh, you know the typical girl group, I guess, or whatever that is. I just didn't fit the mold. I mean, when I look back and I think, how I hardly ever had anybody offer to manage me. I have a great agent. I had a great agent that I found through uh, through Stan Rogers, and he's been with me still with me now. That oh, you know has uh, you nice. know booked me everywhere for my entire career. But you know, finding management in those days, there was so little of it. You yeah. know, basically, the history of the Canadian music scene is the history of people being screwed over by their managers or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's.
1: I think they just didn't, you know, nobody really paid attention. We are from the prairies. Like that was yeah. like the, you know, large flat place before Banff. You know, most people just, there was, <laughs> like, it's very different now, thankfully, that there's a lot more organization, there's music associations, there's, you know, there's connections and grants and, yeah. you know, the only thing you could, I mean, the only award you could get in the old days was a Juno, that was it. Hmm. And so... You fought your way up and tried to get, and thankfully there was, um, you know, we had festivals. They were the like the first festival, Vancouver Folk Festival, that I got hired for. You know, that was like the one of the big ones was Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Mariposa, and if you those were the ones you really wanted to get, and they were, and and rightly so because they introduced you to a huge audience. Yeah. And Gary Crystal, some. Some guy hired me and seen me somewhere in Alberta doing something and hired me to play something at Simon Fraser and dragged this guy down here. God bless him and said, you have to hire her. She's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. She's new. She's singing stuff. She says his song called Jerks. And he hired me and I got the 530 slot, you know, solar singer, songwriter in in a land of, you know women in tie-dyed hand-dyed things living in communes and playing the dulcimer i was there in a leather skirt and cowboy boots and so i was different and then i i sang Mm -hmm. uh you know jerks which was really a song that opened up and people just like went what what the heck is that song (laughs) so for me that was the you know that was a real turning point getting that festival and just touring you know i just toured 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 toured
0: some tours i mean you know
1: came home with five cents
0: Yeah. I've heard that before, but then again, what your, your overriding point about directing your own path, you know, it may be a little more difficult in some ways, but you get to choose the path. So many people I've spoken to were basically herded around by the, the the handlers and the record people and ended up with very little or nothing. A couple couple people I talked to had to claim bankruptcy because they owed money
1: back. I know. It's just, it's shameful. It is shameful. Yes. And so in some ways, I think I was blessed by, it. like, as I say, nobody cares what a Canadian female songwriter did in those days. They didn't know who you were. You lived in the prairies. And you kind of snuck around. They might see you like I opened for the McGarrigals and, you know, people within my industry certainly knew who I was and there were, but I was never approached by a record label ever. They mm-hmm. just didn't know what to do with the likes of me. And I'm kind of grateful in the long run.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think, you, I think you're, you make a good point. You're forging your own path. At least you got to pick the path.
1: You know, I, it's not like I did yeah. it all alone. I had a great, you know, I had the folk scene. I had women supporting me. I had a great agent. I, but you yeah. know, it was all in that scene, and the festivals were really the key to being able. To, festivals are really the key to being able to get the audience because it's the audience. First tour I did was with Heather Bishop, a great artist out of Manitoba, and she, oh. her, and I, the three of us, we said, well, you know, we can't even get arrested, we can't get a review, we can't get hired because no one knows who we are. So, we booked three halls, one in 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 Winnipeg in, in Edmonton one in Saskatoon, one in Regina and one in Winnipeg. So I booked the one in Regina and the one in Saskatoon. And I, I was living in Edmonton at the time. So we just got our friends, my friends in theater, you know, came and did the lights and all nice. of our friends. And we just put we up posters ourselves and we just did it, you know, try to get, tried to it. get a reviewer. In those days, they would send yep. out reviewers and CBC played you or whatever that was. Cause you were coming to town. And that was the yep. first thing that got us kind of noticed. It was called Saskatchewan suite in two acts. Nice. we got, Audiences, we got people out, and that was the first kind of step to seeing. Oh, okay, we could do this, and a few people find out who you are, and then you maybe get hired at a folk club, or you get hired at a, you know, an event someplace, and the waffle picnic or something. (laughs) But that you know, and and you just because I think because I come up through the theater scene, and I come up through independent theater companies, to charge your own path, to make your own shows, to try and book your own things, to try and get that was you know, that was really the way that worked for me at the time. And, um, there was no other choice. There was no other choice. Yeah, You got to
0: create your own, create your own shows, right? I mean, unless somebody's going to book them, if you have an agent or a manager that's booking dates, but otherwise you got to create your own. Well, so that speaks to a larger question that I was going to ask you about as far as how you categorize, you know, that the record companies always want to categorize your music and, and the word folk singer has been used for you, but I, it's almost too generic. Like when I listen to your music, like it's it's Canadiana. There's some Celtic influence. There's some theater tunes like yeah. Saskatoon Moon. Or some of them are almost classical, like like the really nice piano in the canoe song. Or Hushabye sounds almost like a, a Gregorian chant. You got a parts in there, and you've got some beautiful reflective ballads. And then. That song, if if you like her pierogies, is almost like a theater show tune.
1: I know, I know. I just can't You're help all over myself. The place. I can't help myself. <laughs> and that's that's probably why, because nobody was telling me to re- keep writing. You know, keep writing uh, love songs, or keep writing this, or fit into this. I mean, some part of me would love to be one of those staff writers because it's fun to write within, a, like to write for others. In some ways, like, I, I really enjoy writing songwriting. So to have to write mm-hmm. for someone else or with someone else is always fun for me, but. I think that in the long run, it's worked for me and because I'm, I'm out there performing every night. You can't get up and sing the same kind of songs for two hours or people are never going to come back. And that's the reality of where I was in the industry is if you don't entertain people and they don't have a good time and they don't get moved and they don't get touched enough to buy your CD, you don't, you don't get another one. You know that's yeah. the long and the short of it.
0: Well, and musicians like the variety. I love it. I think when I listened to all well, that different you. stuff, I thought, well, this is kind of all over the place. This is great. I mean, the, the record companies want to put you in a box and yeah. say this is our folk singer. She's going to sing laments about lost loves, and and ten songs are going to sound very similar.
1: And you know, like, folk oh, no. song, folk music was kind of <laughs> it was kind of a dirty word, and well, it had its day, and then it was on to other things, and. You know, it's folk music, I was so lucky to be in a folk scene because I got to see Lady Smith's Black Mombasa. I got to see old blues artists. I got to see, you know, Odetta and, and these amazing singers and writers and, um, from I, uh, you know, world music, Tuva singers and, yeah. you know, Balkan and Celtic and all of that stuff. And you can't help but be influenced by all of the best of that. When you see somebody be really good, some part of that says, oh, I'd like to write a song like that.
0: Yes. And I think
1: that being left alone like that, or as I say, nobody cared what we did. Nobody cared what we were writing because I didn't think it was worthwhile <laughs> over anything. It allowed us to become better artists and better writers. And the yeah. style of having to entertain when your entire career, most of your career, doesn't rely on a publicist and radio airplay, but relies on live shows. You'd better be entertaining and you better have something that works. And if you want to find out if a song works, there's nothing like putting it in front of people. You can feel whether it works or not. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, you
0: make an interesting point because, you know, you, you would, for the business stuff for you, you didn't have any nightmare record company stories or nightmare management stories. You didn't get mistreated or take advantage of because you weren't put in that position to do that. Yeah. But then you were also, your 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 goal wasn't to sell as many albums or, or, I mean, I guess the way that they do it is they keep score by how many albums they sell. This yeah. band is great because they sold a million albums. And it's yeah. like, well, wait a second. That's one metric. Is that how you keep yeah, score? I don't know
1: why I never, uh, it never entered me to do that. I mean, I did sell a lot. You have to keep score. You have to sell albums in order to make another one. And I, I don't know if I would have. It's not that I hated that industry at all. It just didn't seem to fit with me. And I didn't see, see how I would fit into it other than changing who I am. And there was a feeling too in this scene that, you know, you wanted to, you know, you were singing about politics and change and things like that, and that. That wasn't necessarily, even though, uh, you know, not to say that pop music can't change people's ideas about things and change the world, it does. And a good song and a great song can do whatever it wants in whatever style and genre it is. There's no, I don't have any hate of the popular music scene. I love popular music. I love dancing. You know, it's just that um, the industry was very small at that time in Canada too. You pretty well had to go across the line. There was the feeling that you had to sound like an American artist in order to make it here. And there are a few mm-hmm. examples that that beats, and the, most of those were with um, somebody who had really good, strong management and got it. And they kind of yeah. fit in that scene. I mean, I had no—I have no objection to selling a million records. You know, I'd, my bank account would love it, but it—it it just didn't. I, I just wasn't in the right place, at the right time, with the right thing you know, and I just wasn't in yeah. that. Sc- I, I didn't have, I didn't have, a. I didn't have, I had management for a while, but I didn't have that kind of, I'm going to make you a star record company management. And I think I'd seen, you know, some of the horror stories of people that got everything stolen and ended up with nothing and
0: well, you know, and, and the other point that I would make to that is, that, you know, this singer-songwriter moniker has been thrown around quite a bit now. And and the old school singer-songwriters were writing from their heart songs that really mattered to them. And then the record company comes in and goes, we need hit songs. I need to sell. I need, I need a single. I don't hear a single on this album. And you're like, well, wait a second. That's not, I'm not a manufacturer of songs. Yeah. I'm a singer-songwriter. I write from my heart. But that's nowadays, everyone's considered a singer-songwriter, but they're they're trying to write for radio play or for the irony is nobody sales. even
1: knows what that is anymore. You know, nobody no, well, even knows what, what's popular anymore. It's going to make a time. <laughs> and if it's streamed, yeah. what are you making? Like, you know, that Bonnie Raitt song, which is an absolutely exquisite song. You know, what is she making? $12,000. <laughs> I mean, I still yeah. believe content is King and music is King and you've got to have enough going for you. But in an era where everything has been thrown up into the world, into the wind, and I think, hmm. again, musicians are the last people paid. I, I think it's shocking what they're asking groups to do, the 360 deals and all of that. And You're getting those,
0: crumbs from the table. Yeah, crumbs from the it's, table.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That, you know, you, somebody streams your music a billion times, and that's the only thing that gives your service value at all. And yet that's the last thing that's going to get paid, the least thing. you know. I, I don't know. It, it just it seems wrong to me. And I know there's been many times in the past where it's been wrong and slowly it gets righted. Maybe they'll start charging, you know, internet providers to help pay for the number of times a song is used and all of that stuff. But the more you have, the more control you have over it, the more chance you have of actually profiting from it.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's if you keep it, but did you see when Peter Frampton uh, testified before Congress?
1: Yes, I I saw that. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah,
0: I thought so too. He had millions of streams, and they sent him a check for twelve hundred dollars or something. He was a major star. I mean, he wasn't a fly by night guy. He, yeah, he was not getting in anywhere near. And he'd also he been, been in getting.
1: the times when you actually made money from people hearing your yes. songs. You know, so that's what's so shocking yeah. for him, I'm sure, too, and for the rest of them. Yeah, here's this guy that's a major star, and now he's making twelve hundred dollars. You know,
0: he, he's getting crumbs, and he's like, if, if <laughs> I mean, th- just the model. And then, and then, what was the point that the guy that owns Spotify is worth? hundreds of millions of dollars yeah yeah, yeah,
1: I don't, yeah it seems right. wrong to me but you know there's always people in there that don't actually do the thing that are trying to make money off of it and they seem to get the money first
0: well the old saying the suits ruined the music business is still rings true because when the yeah, suits get involved unfortunately, they, you need first a bit in a business
1: in order to survive I mean what's going to happen when nobody can afford to be a musician anymore? You know. Well,
0: yes, but they they were exploiting the musicians and standing first in line and taking most exactly. of the money. If you ever watched that uh, documentary on the Bay City Rollers, it was unbelievable. Oh yeah, I mean, those I guys mean, made hundreds of millions of dollars and they were broke at the end. Yeah,
1: of yeah, and it's, it's and work. you know Streetheart, classic example. Yeah, you know, and all, that's that's local group, but you know, yeah, it's and when you, the bigger the money, the bigger the the bigger the hands right. are that are taking it away. So i want
0: to ask you about a few songs so I, I, I did i count correctly you've done 16 or 17 studio albums is that right yeah
1: this one that's the 18th we're just cu- getting okay, ready to do beautiful. now
0: so and and really nice i, mean, I sort of tracked your career i I, yeah, I see you got to work with roy forbes in the 80s that was yeah
1: nice. i still a good friend and, yeah well i lived oh, in, in, in vancouver at the time so we connected up and would we wrote some songs together and yeah no oh, no and
0: of course he was very very well known around here and i did speak to him on the podcast so uh, and he's still active as well.
1: Yeah, still writing great stuff. Yeah, as always, and, you know.
0: And then you did some some children's stuff. I, I I listened to a duck in New York City and a poodle in Paris. Yeah.
1: It's totally great. I love it. I love it. Poodle <laughs> I, in Paris. Like I, how I, could you not? How could you not write a song when you thought about it? That's been the gift of my career. I'm not you know sitting on a million bucks and you know in the Bahamas, but yeah. I'm. Looking around, I get to have songs that I'm really proud of and I really like. And I get letters, the most amazing mail from people. I listened to them. I, said, mm-hmm. I like this, I would put this on with my child who was colicky. And, I, you know, the lullaby thing, you know, I've, I've for those totally, are the yeah. things that keep me going as an artist. I mean, you have to yep. make enough money because you have to put food on the table and braces on yep. your kids and stuff. But hmm. um, I've yeah. always managed to kind of squeak by. And you know what? It's yeah. forced me to keep doing it. I didn't make enough money that I could just be coasting now and retired. And you know what? It wouldn't suit me either. Yeah, I love doing go. this record. Yeah. I love writing it. I had a, I, I got a, I actually got a grant to sit and write for six months and 40 Beautiful. songs later. You know, I, that to me is thrilling. I love doing that. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to, to still keep doing it as long as I can keep singing and I'm, my tune is good and all of that. But yeah. you want to be an artist all your life. You want to be making stuff up, whether it's, Stories yeah. or songs or it's a way to connect with other people. No. You know, there's always somebody who needs to hear. Oh, he goes, one of the latest songs of course. you can't please everyone, but you, there's always some you do. And that to no. me is it. Music, no. music is a lifeline as we drift. Never doubt the beauty of the gift.
0: Well, for sure, and find and you find your audience. There's certain people like they they're they're connecting with what you're saying, and that song you did, "Love Sask," is is yes. a great play on words. And I love the way you wrote that together. But it, it reminded me there was a there was a thing on Facebook years ago where uh, a survey, and then one of the questions on the survey is, "Where would you rather be right now?" And the one of the ladies, the single lady that I know, answered, "In love." Yeah. And it was kind of odd because it was supposed to be a place, but it was a state of mind or a state of being. And then I that that's what it reminded me of when I listened to Love Sask because it was a great play on words the way you mixed it in together with being a place yes inwardly and outwardly
1: I'm trying to find and the cool. keep trying to find the name of the, of the I want to send that record to actually to the residents of Love Sask I keep trying to find the name of the postmistress or postmaster that's there so I could just send a box to them and say please put it in their boxes
0: yeah uh, yeah and I then know. as I track through your records you know like it, it, it's it's pretty cool because that like that better things to do is yeah. a great great song Thank and that's you. one of your most recent ones and and you have a band with some drums or some electric guitar in there and stuff too so you kind of you're not restricted i guess is what i have know in fact say. i'm playing works. a lot
1: with my son's band um my son alexi but both my sons are musicians yeah and alexi who's got another record coming out and he's um he his uh his band is some young players that we started touring with so that i could tour with them and then He could, you know, we try to book ourselves as doubles so they get a chance to come into some of these festivals that might not be able to swing on their own. But although I'm sure I'll be opening for him soon. But there you go. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they're young players and they're great. And they they start out so much further along. Like, you know, my sons have all been educated. You know, they've all had theory and stuff. And they just start out so much further along in the music, bit, like in the musical end of things. We were just kind of making it up, you know, scooping along. Oh, he's a charity. I never took piano lessons. These guys are, and these the, these players are amazing. They're just great. Well, they
0: are. They're excellent. I, I watched uh, that Live at the Duncan showroom. It was from October 2022, I guess. That was just oh, recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched the whole thing, and, and he's excellent. Like, oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, he plays mandolin and violin, and he's yeah. singing and just really top notch. And his really, new album is really, really
1: superb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Excellent. And then Everyday Moments, that song really comes across well, too. You know, yeah, is,
1: you know, it's like it's being able to write stuff from a perspective of that that hasn't been written before is always appealing. And that song came because a friend of mine asked me to write about housework, <laughs> because nobody ever writes yeah. about housework. We do it all the day, all the <laughs> things great. we do, yeah, and nobody recognizes or thanks you for. Yeah. So, and that to, to for me that was it, it's an interesting challenge to to be asked to write something about you know, what your life as a woman or your life now or whatever, because you know there's others out there that are going to connect with what you sing about. That's what to me is the, you know, is, is wonderful to be able to see people recognize yeah. themselves in what you're singing about or,
0: well, I, that was what I was going to ask you about, too, like the message in your music. Because, you know, so, some songwriters, they, you know, it could be pablum. It doesn't matter whatever the content is. Or if you're a song manufacturer, you just want yeah. to write songs that have, you know, some sizzle to them and people might buy. But there's a real message in your music, right? The social, political, spiritual, animal. You talk about the sacred feminine, life in general, women's empowerment. So you've got that song, Come All You Women.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the, my she shanty. Yes. The
0: she shanty, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah a,
1: you know, yeah. it's not something I head out to do. It just is inherent in the way I think, you know, I'm happy that that's the message coming through. But it's very mm-hmm. any time I actually start to write a song with a message in it, it's always dreadful. It is. It's always terrible. <laughs> the message so is always missing. just kind of snuck in when I'm not thinking about it. But every time I set out to write a song about an issue, inevitably you'll never hear those songs because they're dreadful they're in that pile of books that I was talking about earlier but the, what i think and feel i think as any artist any songwriter what they think and feel about stuff enters in through whatever you're singing about whatever you're talking about
0: you have a message though yeah, right? i mean like there's, missing there's and, some message missing that comes and gone
1: there you know for me it always starts with the personal how does this affect me what do I, what do i feel about this what do, you know it's me yeah. that wants to say something about this. And of course your ideas and your perspective comes in, or you're writing in, from the perspective of someone else. You know, yeah. you're moved by something. It's the one of the you know, it's what keeps us sane as as artists, I think to be able to see something like with missing and gone, to see something, what two thousand? Yeah. Like that staggering yeah. statistic. And I think, wow, was it? you know, and it just kind of percolates and then boom, you start writing about you start, you know, one gone, you start thinking about it. And that that, those are the songs that always come best because they come out of something that you want to say as a writer and somehow you hope you can place it in such a way that it connects with others about the way you view it.
0: Well, and not being preachy, I guess it's like the comedians making, you know, jokes about things or the singers singing about things or the artists painting pictures about things. It, it, presents something without yeah. being preachy about it
1: you don't want the head to get in the way of music you know you don't want right. you don't want like you know then you can write it you can write an article and do that there's some people that have the ability to do that that are journalists that can make you that can make you think about things in that way but the bottom yeah. line is it's got to be a, you know it's a song and it's got to somehow connect with you that's the gate that's the goal i think if you asked a goal is to write songs that are matter to people that's my goal that would be my goal as an artist and to to be able to still keep doing it
0: and then of course when you do your live shows there's a lot of different you you go through the range of emotions because you're funny and you're telling stories and you you usually tell a story but before every song or sort of connect with the audience in some way yeah before every and some of them are serious and some of them are goofy and some of them are whatever
1: I Hmm. think you have to kind of you know you can't you can't you know you've got to you if you want the you want the stuff that's deep and meaningful to to resonate you've got to give people a little break in between i think too yeah that's part of being a performer and you know for yourself as a songwriter you can't just sit and sing all the heavy tunes all the time too you want people to come out of your show feeling like they've went in that they're coming out better than they went in you know that's that's so do you i think that's a, a an admirable goal as a performer anyway
0: yeah. So, do you include some of the like I, I listen to? I love tomatoes, which is great. And if you love a hippopotamus and well, a duck in the, you, you're sing do. any of those. I don't know.
1: If there's a kid <laughs> in the audience, I usually drag it out. I, you know, I, 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 you know, can can and stuff. And if it's an outdoor love show, Yeah, you know, I it, it really I changed my. And I don't have a set set list. I try to okay. integrate the new songs, obviously. Because that you know you want people to know that you've actually not just singing all the old stuff all your life, but um, it's interesting uh, the show mother this women's International Women's Day show, and I asked if there was anybody you know if they wanted a any requests, and there a lot of them are the older songs you know that they they haven't heard and they want to hear this song and stuff. I think what the heck you know I'm I'm flattered that they remember them. Never mind.
0: Well, you know the old saying that uh, songs are hooks that we hang memories on, and you could write the brilli- most brilliant song in the world, but it's not at this moment a hook that someone can hang memories on,
1: and the other ones are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so you can yeah, see why. Uh, that's a nice thing. That's a nice thing to say. Yeah, I have songs like that in my own life. I suppose it's such a privilege to be a musician. You know, for, uh, 50, if I'd been born fifty years before, that wouldn't have even been a possibility. Yeah. So I was born at the right time to be able to do this, and I, you know, I, I'm always grateful that I get to make music. That I get. I just finished rehearsing with the songs for this the show. Just going through them and thinking, here I am singing just being able to sing in my day. How, how great is yeah. that? You know? That's, well, that's
0: the thing i that I've often said, I've been able to make a living for well over 40 years myself. And, and, and I, as I've gotten older, my gratitude has even increased. I'm just very, very thankful. And it makes you better in a way.
1: Yeah. I, I th- think, yeah, I think for me it has, you know, it's, um, it's like any craft gets better usually with age. And I think I'm also in a style. I'm also in a, a genre of music too that allows you to get older too, although it's too yes. hard. You're still, like, you know, you the, the latest, greatest, newest thing is always, you know, attractive and, and wonderful and and rightly so. Yeah. Everybody gets their everybody gets their chance, you know. You got you can't just be dragging out the same people every year, and you know. So you you when you see these great young artists coming out, like my son or those people, and I you know, I have another son, Gabrielle's great songwriter. You know, you want them to have that chance too. You want it to be part of that fabric of the, of this scene or of this Canadian scene or this songwriter scene that, that, you know, you want to know that there's, there's still songs to come that define what this age is.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. And, and staying active is the important part of that. Just, just keep, keep on keeping on getting, getting up every day. So I saw that you did a tribute to Gordon Lightfoot. You you did uh, if you could read my mind and stuff like, like he's my favorite. I mean, I, I sing his songs all the time when I do my acoustic shows.
1: They came to well, How did they, that come about? Well, they, they were there was a there was a movement to do this record, and a number of artists to take it was based out of some people in Toronto, and um, one of them got people that said, "Well, maybe you should consider Connie Calder." And the, the manager didn't really know me, and they had one song. They so they had one spot left, and he came to see me, and you know said, "Oh, oh yeah, she's a good singer, okay." And you know, so we're, we're, every other song had been chosen, and I'm thinking, "Oh, what's left?" And then I saw if you could read my mind, I thought who didn't yeah. choose this too?
0: <laughs> I know, <laughs> Boy, I I'm love so it. I'm so glad,
1: it's, and my husband you know, got yeah. to do that beautiful harm. Never thought I could be this way. I mean, it's just a yeah. beautiful song. It's just, like, the but only problem is on I sang too. it at Mariposa right in front of him. I'm just, like, I was so frozen oh. to be sitting in front of the, oh, my God. Somebody said, oh, Gordon Life, it's in the audience, I was going, what oh. I just froze. I don't even know what I can't even remember if I even got it right because it was I was so freaked out that he was there. But well, yeah, no, no, no. It, but it, you know that is one of the more beautiful songs known to mankind. It's oh, just gorgeous. That's
0: unbelievable.
1: I never yeah. thought I could be this way, but I got to say that you know just yeah you know and to be able to sing that tune to be able yeah. to do it to you know to be able to have a chance to sing that tune you know while he's still alive and get, you know some sometime he's going to listen to this. I just think it's one of the. You know, if you could read my mind. I just think it's one a great oh, it's, song, period. It's brilliant. Andy Swan. It's
0: brilliant. Yeah. And but I you, couldn't what believe I was that cool. nobody
1: had chosen it. I just, yeah,
0: I'm a bit surprised by that too. But what, um, I'm
1: looking at this going, Really? I thought that I'd know. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of songs. He's got many great songs. I mean, but there's some yeah. of that are more obscure and stuff. But when I yeah. saw this song was had, was on the list, I just kind of went, Oh, there's no question that is it.
0: I thought it was cool that you played it on piano because it, you didn't have to compete with the the acoustic guitar version that, of course, was yeah. No, well, you you one, right?
1: want to do it in your own style. You want to give it something. Yeah. Otherwise, let's, let's let's just listen to him do it because he does a damn good job. I mean, yeah, you've got to bring something new to the table for it. But to mm, sing, it's just yeah. it was glorious to sing. It's a beautiful song to sing. It was an yeah. utter pleasure to sing. Good. Oh yeah. People
0: ask me who my favorite singer songwriter is, and for me, it's. Well, apart from Elton John, of course, who is probably the greatest of all time, but you know, Gordon Lightfoot for me, as far as a singer, songwriter, guitar player, and he's still writing. You know, he's still
1: writing great tunes. He's still keeping going. You know, it's it's. uh, But you know, great! What a fabulous songwriter!
0: And and to sing
1: those what I you know what I consider classics, that beautiful beautiful melody line. Oh, and. And you so, want to talk about a song that's great to sing. That song was pleasure. Yes. To sing. That, that was no. just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm a singer. I get to sing this song.
0: So as far as songwriting goes, because Gordon Lightfoot is the kind of guy, he did, didn't co-write, I don't think, anything. Maybe maybe the odd thing, but he would cloister himself away in a room for oh. two or three days and come up with all this magical stuff. Is that Do you co-write a lot? Is that your process?
1: I co-wrote with BM and I've co you know—I've covered a couple of artists. Nobody ever approached me about doing it, I guess. I like writing with other people because it pushes me in, in directions that I didn't mm. normally write. And I think that's yeah. challenging. I write on the fly. I write, you know, I'm, I was a mother. I'm I am a mother, you know, so I had little kids a lot of my life and you just kind of write whenever you can. And, but this last um, year, having to having the opportunity to write and I had a project I would write for so many hours a day and, that was wonderful because there's yeah. a lot of stuff, and I was, I, you know, I had a guitar teacher that made me play differently. I said, "Just teach me something I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not a bad player. I'm not an, you know, I'm not a, I'm, you know, I'm not a really spectacular player by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm not a bad player." And he just got me doing all these things, and it led to other stuff. I think sometimes there's a little cool. when you're writing a song, some new rhythm opens another little door in your brain, and you write the kind of song you wouldn't have written had you not been sitting there yes. playing that. But I don't, you know, the luxury of being able to hold myself up and write is not, not something I've had mostly in my life. I've written on the fly. I've, I write while I'm driving. I, I, have, hmm. I have tapes where I'm writing and I can, you can hear, oh, well, I'm writing this song and on this little tape machine. I used to have a little tape machine and I hear, <laughs> Mom, can you have a sandwich. I can hear me making this sandwich while I'm writing this yeah. song. And that's, that's the kind of, uh, I, we, I don't know where ideas come from, but having the time to yeah. sit and work them that's that's the real yeah. you know that's the that's also a luxury <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but that's where the real work begins and to collaborate with other players and to bring like there's you know one of those like it's, it's so amazing when you hear somebody bring in a great bass line to something you're doing you're sitting there writing it on the guitar yeah. and then all of a sudden this bass line comes in and you go oh yeah like, when there's a real key rhythm when there's a real solid rhythm happening and you see where the song is going, that's that's an amazing moment. And that, to me, is, yeah. um, you know, you've written this song, you kind of hear it in the background, but when you actually hear musicians actually doing it, and then they come up with a lick you hadn't thought of, it's yeah. wonderful. It's Playing yeah. with other people yeah. is just fab, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. the, the competent players, they know how to massage that tune just to make it what it needs to be, and you're like, wow. Yeah, and I'm thinking of, of
1: other things. Okay. I'm thinking of the music yeah. and the melody and the singing of it and stuff, and then you hear they hear the they hear the 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 bones of it, you know. They hear the bones that you're going for, and you're kind of playing it, and you're doing your best with your little guitar or, or piano or whatever. And then they yeah. come in with a boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you just kind of yeah, go there. You go. That's that, that's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'll write. Like yeah. Sitting down and. Mostly, it's just the time to take to do it. If I'm recording, yeah. I don't write so much because I'm so thinking about the other tunes and working them in my head all the time. I'll, you know, I'll wake in the middle of the night with stuff going through my head. I think your brain yeah. is always already always sorting and you know making sure that it's good enough or that it says what you're trying to make it to say. And you know as older you older well, get that, you eliminate a lot of you, you eliminate a lot of bad choices right off the bat as a songwriter because you've right. done it and realized it didn't work or whatever.
0: So the touring, like some, some uh, bands tour a lot and, and some of the songs emerge from the tours or, or you go out and play and then some bands will come back and say, you know, we recorded this album and then we went and toured it. And I wish we would recorded the album when we got back from the tour because we changed a few things and some things emerged in those songs that were super cool. Yeah, I, I wish we were on the that. original recording.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, I often find that even just in the way I sing a tune. An yeah. audience inspires you. I've never done a live album. I'm considering it sometime, but mm. um you know i an audience inspires you, it does you sing, you change, they'll laugh at something you hadn't thought it was funny, and we just we were trying yeah. out one of the new songs called "Raining on the Farm," and one of the lines people actually laughed at it, I thought yeah i I thought it was funny, but it changes how you sing the song because then you leave a little space for that and
0: yeah, yeah I, I don't know, you-
1: um definitely. Uh, if, if you're not you know an audience and performing live sometimes you find a better pacing on it too. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'd be great if you could do that. you don't know I mean you don't always have the luxury of trying out all your material before you record it but uh, that yeah. would be great.
0: I saw that you you went to uh, Europe you yeah, went to Thunderfest and, yeah. and yeah
1: and I how played, was that? I, fabulous. It's a, an absolutely spectacular festival. Thunderfest is like I played there years and years and years ago. So coming back was really cool. And the, they had these big tents. It's a, you know, you're, you're playing in front of these huge crowds of people and they went wild for it. And it was just a, it was the end of, it was the end of a summer, which was filled with a lot of dates that we'd, we'd had for 2020. So there were, and it was just a wonderful summer. And it was the Great. kind of the end before we headed out on tour, the last festival, summer festival. And it, we're so tight by that time. And, it was just a total pleasure to do. Tunerfest is one of, the, one of my favorite festivals. And to be in nice. Europe, you're, you're always kind of wondering, you know, because I'm so language-based and singing in English and stuff, but they're way smarter than we are in speaking so well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was really uh, – the Danes are probably some of the more hospitable people on the planet. Well nice. Yeah, I've
0: got some Danish friends in it. But I have a friend from Sweden and I asked her one time how many people in Sweden speak English and she said it was like over ninety percent.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We're, like we're almost, so so
0: city get it. They
1: must think we're just dolts that we don't speak Swedish. <laughs> I do speak some Norwegian, <laughs> however, I can kind of yep. work my way through the menu at least in Denmark and Sweden. My, my so how many food. times have
0: you been over to Europe? Have you toured a lot over there or just
1: I did before trips? the kids came along. Um okay. I think the last one of the last major long tours I did was with my newborn son and that was kind of crushing but I
0: yeah. when
1: that happened it kind of um it's it's a whole thing Europe. I'm sorry I didn't tour more there actually but I was starting to tour so much in 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 the United States and in Canada and that was we really wanted to cement our touring in Canada at that time too my right. manager at the time was going you know, we got to get, uh, we're we're out there, we're delighting audiences left, right and center, but our own country doesn't know what we're doing. So, and it was right. because of the kids, it was much easier than, you know, I toured with my children. So, you know, touring with kids is, you know, I thought I'd be able to get my niece to travel with us and, you yeah. know, can have family members. I, you know, wasn't just going to hand them off to them, ne- to to ne- key, as they say in French, to whoever, right. you know, I had people to watch them and until they were old enough where school became an issue and then we had to kind of change our touring and tour more on weekends and that sort of thing
0: so did you do a lot of tours in the u.s like did you ever think about moving to the u.s or trying to hit that market up
1: yeah i we did quite a bit of touring there and it it, it's uh was great um i think i probably should have even toured more there i never thought of moving there no i'm I'm a canadian Mm -hmm. and i identify with canada and the west and stuff in such a significant fashion you know my husband is canadian and you know i fell in love here and so but I never, I always identified so strongly with Canada too. I was proud yeah. of it. I'm proud to be Canadian. And I was singing about 100%. this country too. And, yeah. um, I, you know, we, we have healthcare here. We have, it never really occurred to me. I, maybe if I'd been, you know, if I'd, maybe when I was 18 or something, I'd think of moving down to LA or something like that. But it never really appealed to me. It didn't seem to have a, yeah. an advantage. I could tour there. It wasn't so hard to tour there in those days too. I mean, it still I had to get a tour, you know, I had to get a visa and all of that stuff. But, uh, it you know, my my life could be so much better here. And healthcare is a big thing, you know, to be able yeah, to be No,
0: healthcare. 100%. I, I agree. I just, you know, a lot of the Canadian yeah. artists, that was their big goal because it's 10 times the market. That's Probably something. would have
1: been a better deal if I'd just gone and toured, you know, colleges in the United States for five years. And right. perhaps I should have done that. But I don't know. Um, You you know, I was starting to do some serious touring here and soft seaters and things like that.
0: Yeah, good. I just
1: sat down and had a really good life, like, you know, career plan. Yeah. But, but, you know, nowadays people think more of that and there's more options and opportunities. But in those days, there weren't that many. My agent is U.S., so I could have gotten dates and I did.
0: You can only plan out so much, and then the rest has to sort of fall into place. But how did you end up living in Montreal, like a prairie girl in Montreal? Well, my that, husband,
1: Paul has uh, Paul Campagne, has a, had his career in here. And when the kids started coming along, we were living in Winnipeg initially, and then he moved out here because he's French-speaking, and his whole career was in okay. Quebec. And I thought, I'm not going to raise kids all on my own. No. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's, uh, you know... Yeah. We, we had to be together, and I was the boss of me. He was with his six sisters, his five sisters, and they had their group, Art Rouge and they were doing in Quebec. And so it That's just okay. seemed like we could get a place in Quebec, and that was close enough to Montreal and to Toronto. And it's, yeah. it was a bit of a – it was not an easy career move. I would have probably been better if I'd stayed in an Anglophone area or like Toronto or Mon- or even Winnipeg or Vancouver. Right. But, you know, you got to make those decisions uh, – you know, there's personal things, there's kids, there's family, there's, uh, you know, what control does he have over his group and all of those yeah. things. And as a result, you know, my kids had this, Montreal is an extraordinary city to bring out, you know, we got both languages, no problem. We yeah. have, you know, access to all sorts of things and we were able to buy a house. If we were in Toronto, I don't know if that would be nice. possible. So, yeah. in, and, you know, you just you don't know how things work out. You just got to make your decision and keep going with it. And Yeah. And you
0: make your life where it is. Yeah, just and you're keep, there. Keep
1: working at it, and you know, I was lucky. I had an agent in the states, and I had already had a, an established career before I moved here, so yeah. I was able to kind of keep it going. Okay. Yeah, you know, and and
0: you've been out to the west coast lots of times. Oh yeah, too, yeah, right? yeah. I, saw,
1: I lived in the, I lived in Vancouver, and you know, the beginning of my career and kind of established a the thing there. No, oh, I lo- I love going out there. I I still can smell the sea if I close my <laughs> eyes, you know.
0: Well, that's where I am. I live in I live in Surrey, just outside of Vancouver. Oh. But uh, I watched the the live at the Duncan showroom. A Couple things I noticed: one, you don't use a pick when you play guitar. You you just use open hand.
1: Yeah, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah, certain songs, the older songs, a lot of them had pick, and the newer ones not. Because um, yeah. I think because I'm playing with other people too, so there's a lot yeah. that allows me to not. Although I have these new wooden picks that are quite nice, but yeah. my pick technique is. Um, you know, it allows me to kind of do a bit picking and strumming, strumming, and that allows me a little more flexibility. Although I love pounding away at the guitar in some of the older songs, but.
0: Yeah. No, it, it works for you. And, and the yeah. multi-instrumentalist uh, I, is pretty cool too, because you guys are switching instruments all the time and it gives it a different flavor and a different feel. And You're quite a good piano player. So that Thank you. works for you. Yeah. 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 Was but,
1: I mean, I, I, I played solo for so many years and then I, st- I played with a band and then I played with a, I had a bass player from out of here that I played with the two of us doing a duo for a while. And now my, my husband played with all of his, his own group. And now he's been playing with me for the last few years and now my son's I make jokes that I'm one of the few people that gave birth to their backup band. Yeah, My son's been playing with me. Now they have, they have their own careers. I don't know much longer. That's going to be where I'll be able to, but I'm yeah. enjoying it while I can.
0: But it works, so it's good. And then you, you opened up with Rocky Mountain Dream, which is great. Yeah. It's a, kind of a West Coast song. So
1: You know, the, the, those Rocky Mountains are unbelievable. And they yeah. stun me. Every time I go through them, I forget just how majestic and spectacular they are. You kind of forget, oh... And well, I'm
0: driving through them tomorrow, so I will see you? them all oh, yeah, going I'm to envious. Edmonton tomorrow morning. so I'm
1: yeah. envious. It's so, just so yeah. beautiful out there.
0: So the one thing I liked about your show, your live show especially, is you're, you're very comfortable and relaxed. And I think age has a lot to do with it. For me, it's certainly been my experience. When you get a bit older, you're just kind of like, you know what? I'm doing the best I can. I'm going to tell stories. So you kind of drift into talking and singing and reflecting a little bit and laughing. And then you play another song. And it's it's very disarming and and relaxing to people. It's very... Comfortable, I guess, is what I'm I am always say.
1: comfortable on stage. To me, that's home. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the one place where I know what I'm doing
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> in this world.
0: Yeah. No but the-
1: I'm a terrible housekeeper, so being on stage is <laughs> I don't
0: know. well the, 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 no, I it's do. neat how you reflect back but yeah. the other thing that struck me was that you're not at the nostalgia phase of your career where you're just sort of living in the past it's funny because when i when i watched you i thought so when we're young we always have this aspiring artist within us that has to sort of get it out and, and you seem to still have that spark where that that young sort of connie inside of you is still alive and well and coming out
1: hopefully yeah i i, I like making stuff up I don't mm-hmm. want to just sing the old stuff. I want to do the new stuff. I want to write something new. And you're always kind of pushing yourself to write a great song. That's it. You want to write the song yeah. that really is meaningful to others and really resonates, and it's uh, one of those lifelong processes.
0: And but lots I, of artists, they, they enter the nostalgia phase of their career, and they just live off the songs that they wrote 40 years ago.
1: Yeah, I sometimes yeah. wonder if I should have done that, and I probably would have <laughs> been people would have been able to pigeonhole me a lot easier. But well, yeah, perhaps, no, yeah, no, no. No, but yeah. what, what I'm, you know, that's part of being an artist is part of what I like about it is the constant challenge of writing yeah. something. And there's always stories to be told and, and, um, you know, I'm always interested in making up new stuff. I'm writing a script yeah. right now. And, you know, I, nice. I think you, like what you're in this world, you've been given this opportunity to actually be an artist and make your living and not be de- so destitute that you have to be working at the Walmart. And yeah. so you've got to make the most of it. There are people in this world that can't do that. And there are women there are people in, you know, they're, that are in, you know, Ukraine now that are being bombed that can't stand and stop and yeah. make a song. And I can. So it behooves me to yeah. do that. And there's women yeah, in this there's countries where women are not allowed to do this. So if I don't do it, who will?
0: You know. Well, and I I interviewed, I wrote a book a number of years ago when I interviewed people between the ages of sixty five and a hundred, and I heard over and over again, you know, ask people what would you what did you miss out in life, and they said, well, you know, I was married, I had kids, it was my husband first, my kids second, and I was always third, and I wanted to be an artist, I wanted to paint pictures, I wanted to play piano, and I couldn't do any of that because I had eight kids, and yeah. and
1: yeah.
0: you know, it really struck me, it got, got me in my heart because I thought, well, they're being restricted from being the artists that they wanted to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And should have been. Yeah. yeah, and that's, you know, not a. You don't always get to choose things in life, and you make and some. And they're right. You know, those kids didn't eat them, and all of that. And that's why when I was able to do it and take my kids on the road and raise kids and do all of that, you did it all. I, yeah, and and I I'm grateful for it. And if you can't use that opportunity of what you've been given, that you are free to actually do this, you know, if that's you know, who's going to do it? Why would you yeah. not write a new song? Why would you not push the boundaries of what you can do? That's what being an artist really is. I think yeah. hopefully you're healthy enough to do it and carry yes. on. And, you know, yeah. and that's the gig, and I think
0: long as you can. So is there anything you would do differently if you could do it over again?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I probably would have, I probably would have toured more, a little bit more in the States when I was, before I okay. had kids and, and afterwards yeah. and established that a little bit more, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say because you know there's op- you get little opportunities you know, I probably would have cornered Sting in that show in, in when I was playing in front of him in uh, you know New York and asked him to do something for me. But yeah. I I don't know. When you when you like your life and when I look at you know mine, I have a I I'm, I'm still married. I have a husband I love He loves yeah. me back. We get to work together. I have these two extraordinary kids and I have a great family and I have friends across the country and I'm still able to do it and people still show up to hear me play I'm yeah. you know I I can't I was some somewhere along the line I did something right you'd always like a little bit more money so you could like start projects and do things but all of those choices yeah. might have changed what I'm doing right now and I might not have the ideas I have and I might not be able to have the see the things I see so when something goes wrong in your life it you know you can write about it when yeah you know that's that's yeah I, I, I just consider myself fortunate to be able to do it.
0: Yeah. No, that's, well, I must say you drew me in. I, I I went through a bunch of your stuff and I thought this is, there's some substance here that is certainly worth listening to and, and touched me in certain ways. And, and you write hooks, but it, they're not like uh pablum sort of hooks. They're hooks that are meaningful hooks.
1: Well, thank you. You
0: know, or like, like that four in the morning yeah. I cry, you know I mean? That, that, that
1: gets you. That's a song I love singing is great. It. Oh yeah, really good. You
0: know, yeah, so.
1: it's uh, it, you never like you. You sometimes look back, especially when you get older. Oh, what is the impact of my work? And I just go, mm. oh, who cares? The impact is that I'm still able to do it. At least I did it well enough that so I can still do it, and I want to keep writing and keep hoping to write. Like yeah. my son sings one of my songs called "Wheels Like a Chevrolet." Now that,
0: yeah, I did see that. that yeah, he's like that. Yeah.
1: He yeah. makes it his own, and that to me yeah. is just like the greatest compliment. He's taken one of my songs and made it different and better. I mean, I think yeah, he does better neat. than I do it. If you really want really <laughs> to go to his head, but
0: yeah. Did you rub shoulders with lots of different people? Like, did, did you know Sherry Ulrich? Or yeah. Patricia yeah. Definitely. yeah or
1: absolutely. Yeah. Valdi, Gary
0: Felgard. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. All of those people. I, they were all in my scene and, uh, um, and they're all, that's part of the great wonder of this business is the kind of cool people you get to meet and, um, and musicians you get to work with over the years
0: similar mindset i guess in yeah, some ways the right? writers He's...
1: great writers you know and uh yeah no i i missed i missed living leave, i missed when i leave, left vancouver to go out to winnipeg to be with paul that's no. i missed i missed that community that i had established there I, I regret you know not regret leaving there but i missed those people i missed the roys and all of those of yeah. Yes, you, you see them when you come through town, but it's not the same thing as being in the town and hanging out and doing stuff right. together. And Yeah. Sherry gave birth to her like backup you've... band, too. So there we go. We had a wonderful moment in Perth yes. two, a couple of years ago where we did a show when they, they had three performers a country performer, and Sherry and I, and my son, who is a fiddle player, you know, and her daughter plays violin as well with her. And they played together on one of our songs it was just like oh, wow. we looked at each other and went just started to cry because it was so beautiful we'd grown up we'd <laughs> been neat. pregnant her she was pregnant a little bit before me but you know we've been basically pregnant together yeah. and and then to see our kids playing together with us it was just like oh man, this is just too fabulous just too wondrous. Yeah.
0: no that's great and it's funny because i used to ask my guests you know how has the music business changed over the last 50 years and they usually just laugh <laughs> and say how different it is. But but what your point was earlier about good music will win out, like quality, human-based, good writing and singing and playing will, yeah. will always be king. Whether it'll make you a queen. world
1: star or make, or be meaningful to some audience member. Like, it's what's your goal? And yeah. We all like to have, you know, be fabulously wealthy because it means you can still keep doing it, right? If you're famous, then you'll probably sort yeah. of pay for your record or you buy your record or whatever. So some part of you kind of wants that because it means survival. But oftentimes, you know, there's different forms of survival. Being able to write what you want is survival. Being able to reach people is survival. Being able to play and perform mm. small or large audiences, that's got to be, um, uh, you know, I don't think anybody stays in this industry or this business for a lifetime if there's not that hit back. And so for me, anyway, that's that's what it works. That's what it, That's what it's like for me, anyway.
0: Well, good, yeah, and, and I appreciate it. And we've gone a little bit over time here, but uh, I didn't even get to hit on the the children's books and the Junos and the Order of Canada. You got a lot of things that uh, a lot of accolades and I know and sort it's of accomplishments. so fabulous.
1: It's kind of surprising, yeah. really. I you know I'm always surprised when that happens. <laughs> like what? But well, but I'm thrilled not, nonetheless because you sometimes wonder whether you're doing you know like any artist you wonder what I'm, I'm especially. In a recording, I do if you find this in recording, there's that point before you're, you're mastered and done where you go, what was I thinking that I could write? These are awful. I'm a terrible singer. I'm a terrible songs. What does I think? Because everything, you're listening to it in minutiae and you begin to doubt. About it. Yeah, yeah, you're too
0: close to it at that yeah, point. Yeah, you are too no, close to it. Exactly. Then you
1: back up yeah. and you think, oh, no, no. I, I, the, I like this song initially and there's a reason. and you know. Yeah. But, but it's always nice to be acknowledged elsewhere. It is.
0: Well, for sure, and and again, I, I like the old piece of advice: is do your best and see what happens. Just leave it there, you know. And and I think that you're a living example of that. I encourage Thank my you. listeners to uh, to check out Connie Calder and and some of the songs and the stories and the reflections. And just yeah, you really uh, you really got something going there. It's really impressed me. So I Thank appreciate you. that. And- yeah, and I appreciate you taking the time as well to, uh, to share some of that with me. We like to have a bit of an extended conversation. So, you can yes, some I of guess this we did go on. Bit. Yeah.
1: No, it's all Gosh. good.
0: No, I appreciate it. Many thanks to Connie Calder for being part of the Liner Notes podcast and sharing some insights from her life in the music biz. More information is available at conniecalder.com. And then she's active on Facebook, uh, Connie Calder, and then YouTube channel as well. We've got lots of great songs on there at, at C Calder. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and invite you to subscribe to it and share it on social media so others can enjoy it as well. And we also invite you to listen to Dusty Disks Radio Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear music from the Canadian artists you're hearing on this show. So until next time, I'm Dan Hill.